Targeted attacks, what's the best way to defend against them? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm discussing targeted attacks today with Kevin Epstein. He's the Vice President of Product Marketing with Proofpoint. Kevin, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks. It's great to be here. Kevin, my first question for you. We often associate the term targeted attack with phishing or the advanced persistent threat. Tell us, please, how have these attacks evolved, and what do you find to be today's most common threat vectors? Great question. Uh, among organizations, especially those that have information worth stealing, a targeted attack is different than traditional phishing attacks and is part of an ongoing advanced persistent threat, or APT. Now, a phishing attack is basically sneaky spam. Instead of bombarding you with a thousand ads for Viagra, or sort of an open ad, uh, traditional basic fishers send a thousand of the same generic fake email, and there's a link to click on in the email. And the email purports to be from your bank or delivery company or dating service, anything to get you to click on the link. And much like a spam advertisement, fishers are basically playing a numbers game. They hope emails get through fil security filters and enough people click on the link and either provide their real banking login credentials or allow a malware download to make it worth the fishers' time. Again, a certain percentage have to get through, so they just do a volume attack. Now, fortunately, many of these traditional phishing attacks are detected and caught in enterprise environments because uh, the environments have the right email security gateway solution deployed and configured at the perimeter. So using a combination of reputation and signature analysis, typically you can catch a, a basic mass volume phishing attack. On the other hand, targeted attacks refine the tactics of phishing. Um, they basically borrow from uh, the business world of customized marketing. You know, so, for example, instead of blasting the same email indiscriminately, targeted attack emails are sent to a very limited set of very specific or chosen enterprise users. Attackers really effectively used leaked org charts or LinkedIn or other public websites to do their research and pretty quickly determine the specific users through whom the attackers can be able to accomplish their attack of objectives. Another point of difference in a targeted attack versus a phishing attack is the actual message itself. Targeted messages are deliberately stealthed. They're sent from a wide range of IP addresses with good reputations, and they're customized to the recipient population. We've seen email messages that have used coworker and manager names, they reference LinkedIn connections and Facebook updates, and they rotate through various permutations to simultaneously make the email seem normal to the end user but unique, in other words, not part of a pattern to the email protection system. And the net result is that email remains the big vector for, uh, for malware. Uh, after all, it's the easiest way to target individuals. But the challenge of detection has gone from spotting an army of people dressed in red coats coming over the hill, fishing, to finding the few folks sneaking in carrying time bombs, targeted attacks. So tell me please, Kevin, what do you find to be some of the specific risks to industries such as healthcare and financial services? And what are typically the types of losses that these organizations are suffering because of targeted attacks? Healthcare and financial institutions have all of the risks faced by any other company, and they have a lot more. So for example, every industry from defense to technology to manufacturing and retail has significant intellectual property and sensitive information that attackers are after. And healthcare and financials are, are no different in that regard. But healthcare and financial institutions also have the challenge of dealing with extremely sensitive, very privileged, and regulated client information. 
And they have to protect this not only from deliberate outside attack, but internal inadvertent loss, what we're calling the oops factor. Right? So given that, this data, which includes things such as health records, social security information, banking account information, uh, credit card data, you name it, this information is particularly popular among attackers as it's the type of information that's really fungible. It's easily monetized on the black market. You can sell it really easily, um, unfortunately. <laughs> and so the, the problem we're facing with a healthcare or financial institution is that you know, you're like a bank in the old days. You're a large, obvious target. You're where the money is. You're a giant pot of gold where attackers can find uh, very, very marketable, saleable information in large chunks. And all the attacker has to do is get access to the right corporate network with one compromised machine. So, again, back to Fish, why would you go hit a whole bunch of random people with Fish, uh, try and get one credit card when you could go where the money is, hit a healthcare institution or financial institution, get a, a ridiculous amount of highly lucrative, easily saleable data? And the worst part, of course, is that healthcare and financial institutions suffer twice when they lose data because they suffer both from the classic regulatory and civil penalties, as well as brand damage. So it's, it's just doubly painful. Okay, so with that as our context, in what ways do you find that organizations are ill-prepared today to either detect or defend against these attacks? The challenge is that you can be a super well-prepared company for yesterday's threats with a great security posture looking backward, and yet you can be completely unable to defend against these new targeted attacks. And, and we've seen that result every week in the news. Um, now, this isn't the company's fault. Again, this is a company that could be well prepared against yesterday's attacks. It's just that yesterday's attacks are, are mainly traditional perimeter-based uh, defense approach, and the perimeter-only tools can't handle the new type of attack. The detection technology just didn't exist 18 months ago. I mean, consider, in a recent attack we saw, Hostile email represented less than 0.06%, I can't figure out, is that 10 thousandths of a percent, uh, of the targeted company's email flow. Right, so 0.06% of the company email flow, and the IP addresses of the senders and the sender aliases were rotated in the attacking email, so no two email messages were alike. So there are no volume triggers that are going to be, uh, be set off. And there are no attachments to the email, only embedded URLs, so there's nothing in there to trigger virus filters. And in addition, the reputations of the sending IPs and the compromised URLs in the email were all neutral or positive, so nothing was going to trip that, uh, that tripwire alarm either. So the combination of mass customization and proportionally low volume made this industrial phishing, if you will, this industrial phishing attack effectively invisible to traditional anti-spam products. And unfortunately, the result is that the attackers got very widespread access to corporate networks. The, the email all got in. And then, of course, once the email is in, once it's cleared that perimeter and is sitting in people's inboxes, uh, effectively, the, the companies were dead men walking. Right? There's no recourse because almost 20% of people click on links in email outside of a traditional corporate perimeter on their mobile devices or from home, from the road. So, so any perimeter firewall or web sandboxing isn't going to block those, those clicks. It's not going to block the threats. And again, this isn't a company's fault. Uh, the technology to do this kind of real-time big data analysis and checking of these URLs at click time wasn't really mature 18 months ago. 
but now it's certainly time to be looking very explicitly at targeted attack protection. Uh, and any solution that a company promises for that can't be perimeter only. It has to be cloud-based and, and uh, more holistic. Well, I've got to ask, how does mobility complicate the risk landscape for security leaders? Mobility definitely makes the threat landscape much more complicated for organizations because there are no walls, right? There's no defined secure perimeter. Um, in the good old days, it used to be that we could keep everyone in the physical building on a single physically connected network. We could examine all data coming and going, uh, passing you know, into and out of the organization. Um, now the truth is data is everywhere. Uh, data is on your phone, data is on your uh, cloud account, your tablet, accessed from your house, check it from the hotel, the airport, and, and we click on links everywhere. Um, and when you click on a link, the browser may or may not pass through your corporate firewall or other web checks on the way to the site. Um, odds are, if you're on the road, it's not going to do that. So with more companies agreeing to let users bring their own devices inside the network perimeter, it's pretty obvious that challenges will continue to grow because enterprises need to protect themselves from other folks' exposure in the wide world. It's like letting your kids go out to kindergarten. They're going to bring back things. And not all those things are pleasant. And so people will go out, they'll click on links, and then bring back those compromised devices and connect back into the corporate environment. Unfortunately, for security folks, we can't deploy a heavy-handed isolationist approach. Um, data and mobility will happen. So deploying solutions that work on the data versus on the device, because you want to be protected wherever you open the link. You, you don't want to know that you're protected on your laptop and not protected on your mobile, for example. So the, the solution has to be uh, associated with the data, not the place you're opening it. Um, the solution has to be deployed in a transparent way so that users aren't pushed to circumvent the security you're putting in place. Those two aspects, uh, data everywhere and uh, data attached and, uh, and transparency have to be a key consideration uh, for such uh, security solutions. Perfect segue. Let's discuss solutions now, Kevin. In what ways does Proofpoint help organizations respond to these targeted attacks we've been discussing? You know, in an ideal world, any solution addressing targeted attacks would do a few things. First, the solution would not interfere, interfere with mail flow. It can't interfere with mail flow. I mean, imagine if, if TSA screeners at the airport prevented every suspicious person from flying. I mean, we'd never get any work done. I personally would never make it through a checkpoint. Um, secondly, a good solution would follow the email because you want to know whether the embedded URL uh, is going to be protected even if you click on it in your, on your phone or at home or forward it to a client. You, again, you don't want to be uh, device specific. A good solution is just going to protect the, the email, the URL in the email, no matter where it's clicked on. Um, to that point, a third a good solution would check that URL every time you click on it because URL's characteristics can change. Something that was healthy today may have malware added to it tomorrow. So you want to check each time you click before letting the end user's browser proceed. And lastly, a good solution is going to give IT a dashboard so they can see who clicked on what, when, and where. So if something does get through, you're going to get alerted earlier and have a lot more precise direction as to the threat. So in fact, that's what Proofpoint built with our targeted attack protection product. So, First of all, we use big data techniques to model every single individual user's, every protected user's, our, our client's, uh, email patterns. 
So we can tell you if you're getting an email that's suspicious, even if the email itself claims to come from one of your friends. Then we also scan every URL embedded in those emails using our malware detection service. We go out and check the destination, we look for dangerous exploits and credential attacks, and even if the initial check comes back okay, we're still going to rewrite the URL in that email and then go ahead and let the email be delivered. But every time you click on that URL, it'll go back and check our malware detection service before letting your browser proceed. So we're checking at click time. Lastly, our Threat Insight service within the Proofpoint Targeted Attack Protection product provides insights into exactly which URLs went bad when, when those mails were delivered, who clicked on them, when they clicked on it, all of the information you're going to need just in case someone clicked before the system was able to detect that the email had gone bad. Right? There's an open window there, so you'll know exactly who needs remediation from what type of threat. And bluntly, in the attack game, data is king, uh, insight is priceless, so we decided to provide that. Um, that's the product. It's the industry first of its kind. It works. Uh, it does seem to dramatically reduce targeted attacks and assist in the remediation of the few that get through. Um, so we're, we're pretty proud of it. Okay, let's sum it up now with some final words. Kevin, where should organizations start? How should they begin to assess and then respond to their risks? You know, as a, as a former IT guy, I think it's crucial to answer two questions. Um, number one, do I even think I know how many attacks I'm suffering weekly? And number two, how would my systems and my team handle the attacks that get through? So as far as part one goes, the easiest way to attack, assess your attack status uh, is to get a vendor to do the audit for you, bluntly. Um, get someone to come in and examine the actual inbound email flow and determine the volume of hostile URLs over a period of a few weeks. Uh, real data counts. Most vendors will be happy to have that opportunity and do it for free. Um, Proofpoint, for example, offers a, an easy, pretty well-structured audit for targeted attacks in your environment. And such, a, such an analysis will give you real data um, to take back to the team and make a rational risk trade-off as to whether it's worthwhile to invest in a specific product. Now, part two is also important. If your current method of threat incursion detection and response is someone coming in waving an email printout and going, I clicked on this link last week and now my computer's acting funny, well, you know, again, it'd be probably a good idea to invest in a product that would give you a little more real-time uh, dashboard and insight capabilities than that. Um, so again, you want to want to look at both aspects: how how big is the threat, and what's my potential response to it. Um, but again, as is said in so many contexts, the first step is understanding if you have a problem. So uh, give us a shout here at Proofpoint; we can help. Very good. That's great advice, Kevin. Thank you so much for your time and for your insight today. Thank you. Uh, it was a real pleasure being here. I hope this helps a bunch of folks out there in uh, various people's thinking about security going forward. And again, we always welcome uh, calls here. Uh, give us a shout. The topic has been targeted attacks, the best defense. I've been talking with Kevin Epstein. He's the vice president of product marketing with Proofpoint. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.